We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 28th, Vince, and it feels like just yesterday, spring ball was starting. And now we're three days away from spring ball ending, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame blue-gold game today. We're going to preview uh, just some some overall overall things that we're looking for, some interesting topics, and, and just dive into the offense, then the defense. Vince has two pages worth of notes. For they're little pages, show. but yes. they are note filled. So you got a couple Lincoln Riley plague sheets there, uh, <laughs> that's right, uh, that's ready right. to go. And uh, so, so that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, this is an interesting one, Vince, because to me, normally I don't, I just, and I still don't put a whole lot in blue gold games from Correct. an out, outcome standpoint. I yes. think that no one should <clears throat> care about what so and so's completion percentage was, or you know what the score is, or. It, it's more about just seeing how this program is developing up to this point Correct. in the process of getting ready for the season. But I think there's more this year that I'm intrigued by than most years. Most years it's just like, ah, it's going to be a fun game. But there's actually, because of some of the changes on offense that we hope to see, right. because of the new coordinator, because of some of the transfer situations and position battles, there's just a lot more intrigue for this game. And maybe that's also partly because we didn't get one last year. And I'm, and I'm feeling super deprived that we didn't have that. And so now I'm even more so looking forward to this. But there's a lot more. Well, for me, Vince, and I, you tell me if you agree, there's a lot more intrigue for me. There's a lot more that I'm like, man, I'm really curious how this goes, where normally I'm just like, eh, whatever. It's a blue gold game. It'll be fun. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact we haven't been able to see practice, too. That's I mean, true. 
a lot of times we're going into the blue gold game. We have a lot of our answer, our questions answered. Like we kind of know what to expect. We know, you know, who's been rotating with who and, 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 you know, things of that nature. Like we, we have a really good idea of what we're going to see in the blue gold game. Now we've got an inkling, like we think we know some stuff mm-hmm. and will all those questions be answered in the blue gold game? No, of course they won't. But I think we're going to get, closer to those answers by watching the blue goal game. And like I said, since we didn't have practice to watch um, the blue goal game means a little bit more, you know, you can be able to see some stuff in person that we haven't been able to see. Um, There's just, there's a little bit more riding on it this year. And you're right. There wasn't one last year. There wasn't a spring last year. And this is kind of a unique year because of all the position battles that are taking place. Uh, You know, the offensive line, quarterback, wide receiver, obviously more so on the offensive side, but there's still a lot of intrigue on the defensive side because of Marcus Freeman, the cornerback, all of that stuff. Mm. There's a lot more questions out there about this particular 2021 Notre Dame team that we haven't seen the last few years, right? I mean, we there hasn't been this many position battles there hasn't been you know a new coordinator in a little bit um you know obviously tommy reese was new but we kind of knew where that was going to your point though vince with reese and lee those guys were promotions from within correct wasn't an outside and i haven't really feel like this since post 2016 and i feel like this is kind of like tommy reese's first season because i also feel like we're going to see some things from him Mm -hmm. not necessarily in the blue gold game i get all that but I think we're going to see some of his personality coming out into the offense more this year than last year, mm-hmm. right? I, I just, I, I hope, think, I hope so too. I, like, I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's put right. it that way. So, my concern about this game, Vince, and this is from a fan perspective, from an okay. analyst perspective, my big concern is because we haven't seen any practice, not any real practice. We've seen these like little highlight clips. I've seen so much overreaction to those little clips. Oh, it's People say, well, this guy should be the starting quarterback because of what we've seen in these little three-minute clips. And, right. and my concern is that that there's going to be a much more overreacting to the blue game, gold game than normal. There will there's be. normally no a lot of overreacting to a spring game when we've been at eight practices and we can tell people, okay, that's not what you saw. Okay, what we saw in these other eight practices was this kid did really well. I don't care that he did. We don't have that. Game, yeah. Right? Because it's always interesting because it's it's like there's always going to be a negative on every play. And, and what I mean by that is if if a receiver goes out there and scores three long touchdowns, it's it's like, well, yeah, that was good. But, man, secondary corner, yeah, right? right? Or, or you know, the, the defensive line, man, they had a bunch of sacks and they dominated the running game. Yeah, but it's the offensive line's not any good. And that's kind of the, the concern that you – that's one of the you – know, that's one of the negatives of, of watching the spring game and evaluating sure. the spring game. And I'm more concerned about that this year because we had so little access – to where Notre Dame kind of drove the storyline. They could put whatever clips in there that they wanted, and there wasn't any independent analysis and observations of what we saw, and that's a concern of mine. And let me tell you, in this day and age of uh, huddle film and things of that nature, you can look really, really good in a highlight montage, right? And it doesn't necessarily say what the truth is, is Mm -hmm. the best way to put it. you know, that's why coaches want to watch full game film. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to watch the highlight film that's on huddle. Yeah, I mean, that might get their attention. You watch it, it's but it's a part of a bigger evaluation That's exactly process. right. And so Notre Dame, and I don't know how, 
you know, who has say and what goes out and, you know, all mm-hmm. of those different things from a video standpoint. I don't know where the buck stops, if you will. Yeah, I, I doubt Brian Kelly's like looking over the videographer's right. shoulder saying, oh, no, no, we don't show that. Yeah, right. okay, put that one in there. But there's I definitely don't think some that's happening. I mean, there's, there's some direction. Some... There's some direction. Look, here's what we want. Let's get this in there. There's a reason we're not getting like the all 22 look. You know what I mean? So like we're getting you know, that super zoomed in. Yeah. It's like the NFL. I still film haven't version. seen a single wide receiver alignment this whole spring. You That's know, exactly we see them right. like after the catch, but we don't right. see anything else about receivers. Occasionally yes. we get like a half of Braden Lindsay like flashing across <laughs> the screen because it's you know right in front of the camera person. Yeah. Here's another That's thing that's, that's interesting, Vince. We're going to talk about position battles on offense and defense. But here's the other sure. the other big picture observation I have. There's a chance that this could be the most irrelevant position battle year ever because we're moving into a different era of college football. And, and, and a lot of other college football is already gone here. Notre Dame has not offensively. But defensively, Clark Lee started using a lot more players last year. And, and he's always done in the offensive line, but he started doing it even more in the secondary last year. You know, they play four safeties a game. They played, you know, three corners a game. They played five, six linebackers, five linebackers a game. Right. Uh, offensively, if what they're, if what we think is going to happen happens, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter as much who the number one or number two receivers. In the past years, it did matter because if you're the starting W, you were going to get 85 to 90% of the snaps. If you yep. were the starting X, you're going to get 90 to 90, 85 yep. to 90% of the snaps. So now it's kind of like with the with the exception of every position except maybe offensive line, it's kind of like well it doesn't really matter anymore who's going to start because they're both going to play kind of thing. And I think that's some that to me adds a little bit of of an intrigue. Okay, so this guy's a starter, but how is this guy going to be used? Is now sort of the conversation. So if Shane Simon starts at but will linebacker, that's fine, but okay, how are they going to use Maris Lufau because he's still going to play? And those are the things that I'm interested in. So Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It it is going to be a situation where I'm more, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm definitely more intrigued to watch this blue gold game than I have in the past few years. Right. Mm -hmm. I missed it last year. Obviously I was missing everything at this point last year. Um, We still saw more practices last year than we saw this year. That's really good point. (laughs) Uh, That's really sad too, but um, that's funny. But I will be look, and I I won't see it live. I'll, I'll full disclosure. I've got a doubleheader on Saturday, so I won't see you it live. You on anyway because of the because you can only send rule. one of us. So right. I'm gonna have to watch it, uh, you know, on the replay or whatever, which is no big deal because that's how I'd be watching it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm I'm very intrigued to go home and sit down and just watch the game and see who's who. And so and we're gonna get into that obviously on who what we're right. gonna be watching for and all that, which I'm really right. excited about. And so just so look, before we dive into it, so the way it'll work is Saturday after I get done writing stuff at the stadium, I will come home and do a sort of a, a, a recap podcast. Right. Cool. You and I will then do one again on Monday yes. where we get a lot of your thoughts. Cool. So just because of the double headers. So I just want people to understand that's why Vince most likely won't be yeah. on the podcast on Saturday after the game because he's going to have a couple it's, things to worry about. It is day. what it is. Trying to get some W's. So let's, Vince, talk about the Notre Dame offense as we head into this blue game session. I think this is the side of the ball that, for me, provides provides the most um, discussion, uncertainty, intrigue, all those things oh, yeah. wrapped into one, positives and negatives. 
this is the side of the ball to me that is going to determine whether or not Notre Dame is not just a playoff contender again, but a national championship contender. When the sure. offense catches up to the defense, that is when Notre Dame yes. will be a title contender. I agree. And you can you make a case where there's a position battle going on at every single position except for running back. But at the same time, tight we're end. still going to be watching running back to right. see how that's evolved. Right. right. So well, e- even tight end, I just I should take that back, Vince. I said there's not a position battle at tight end, but that's but true it, for it, starting tight end but, but not that, that's right because i was right. going to say tight end too but then everybody behind michael mayer is right. battling for time so yeah right. every position so he, here's the other interesting thing about it is there's so much uncertainty because of what we have and haven't seen there's so much uncertainty about what just what this offense is going to look like we did a show yesterday where we kind of broke down some comments and that's where we're at this spring we have to parse comments made by coaches in order to have content but it was a very it was a I very it, enlightening and, yes. and, and encouraging press conference from Tommy Reese because it just felt genuine. Maybe it's just yep. a lot of BS, but I didn't I don't think re- so. I thought it was real genuine. I, it I, felt I, part it of felt me thinks he's like, too young to be a BSer. Like he's exactly. just like, look, I'm just going to tell you how I feel, and yep. this is what I see, and this is what we're going to do. It felt I was very two guys sitting at the bar chatting about football. Yeah. Yeah, to me, you know what I mean. Without yeah. giving away state secrets, like I right. felt like he was like, you and know, he this said is really that he's I like, I'm do. not going to dive more into the red zone package because there's some sure. schematic stuff we're going to do that I'm not going to give you. Which of course makes, of makes course. total sense. So, yes. uh, which he, so what we're going to do is we're going to line up in a three by one package. All right, so Florida State, turn your radio off. We're doing yeah, what you hear this. don't listen, don't listen. Right. So, so th- there's just a lot that we can take away from this blue gold game, Vince. So I want to ask you first. We're going to go okay. over sort of, you know, things we're looking for in the game sort of big picture things that we're looking for three players that were, you know, veteran returning players or older players, if it's a newcomer, but still an older player, three players we're most looking forward to seeing the position battles we have our eye on. And then, you know, some freshmen that we're looking for. And then we're going to sort of project of what we hope are the, th- the, the ideal takeaways, what we hope we're talking about after the game coming sure. out of the game. So sure. Vince, let's kick things <laughs> off with, you know the three things that we're looking for from the offense from a big 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 picture standpoint I'm going to let you kick off with with the first thing that you're hoping to see well the first one is you know the buzzword right RPOs like we've seen them in the video clips it's clear as day what we're seeing in the video clips now I want to see how those are being incorporated into the offense is it mm-hmm. one a game you know is it uh is it part of the offense right um I think it will be. I do, but it's something I need to see. And again, you're only going to be able to see so much, but that's something that you need to rep um, and you need live reps doing RPOs. I mean, obviously it starts in drill work and all of that, but to get good at those, you need live reps and there's no better live rep defense to go up against than Notre Dame's, right? So um, I want to see where they're going to be at with the RPOs and, and, and how it's integrated into the offense. You're going to get a... I think you're going to get a good idea of what they're thinking um, with the RPO system in the offense. And I would encourage people as you're as you're trying to understand how much RPOs are going to be a part of what Notre Dame does is watch what the receivers are doing when they run the football. So if you see a handoff and you see the receivers running downfield blocking, it's not an RPO. Right. If you see a handoff and you see Avery Davis looking at the quarterback trying to catch the football, thinking he you know be ready to catch football or guy you know, and then two other guys are blocking. That tells me they're running the screen that if they got the right read, they're going to dump the ball outside. So those are things, if you want to know the difference between how do you know if it's an RPO, RPOs aren't just ran when it's a throw. 
right. they're, they're, they're a part of what you do. If, if they throw the yeah. ball five or six times, and that's the only times we saw receivers you know, on those concepts really running routes, and it tells me it's, it's just a wrinkle. It's not really a part of who they're going to be, and that's what I'm curious to see. And I'm yeah. also – the thing for me, Vince, to go along with yours is, are we going to see some tempo? Right. Again, I'm I, not I, looking, yeah. I'm I almost looking, wrote that down, but I was yeah. like, I don't know if they're going to do it in the Plus blue you gold knew game. that I was going to bring it up, I think. you know. Yeah. I, but see, I think they need to show it a little bit. Again, I don't want to see Notre Dame going a million miles an hour. Sure. I don't, I don't really care about whether or not they look like Oregon in 2010. I've never advocated for that. I'll never advocate for that unless sure. it's a two-minute drill. Right? right. But I do want to see them push the tempo more than what we saw. I don't want to see the ball consistently getting snapped with 12 or less seconds on the play clock. Right. I want to see them I want to see them moving. That's what I want to see them doing. It is going to be a big thing for me. What's the next thing that you have? So the next thing um and this is kind of a uh, an overall look but I put QB in control. Like mm-hmm. whoever happens to be the quarterback with the first team and I I think Drew Pine and Jack Cohn are both going to get reps with the first group. Uh, are they in control of the offense? You know what I mean? Like, look, Ian Book was always in control of the offense. He, I mean, he led that group. There's no question about it. Now, these guys are both new. Jack Cohn's been here for, what, three months, right? Three, four months. Like, I want to see if the quarterbacks are in control of the offense, right? So that's one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on. For me, I want to see them spreading the ball around. And it kind of plays a little bit into your your first thought about the RPOs because that will sure. be part of it. I. I don't necessarily want to see one guy catching nine balls. I don't want to see right. Michael Mayer in the spring game catch nine balls yeah. for 120 yards because we know he's a beast, right? I want to see like nine different guys catch at least two or three passes. And just sure. because to me, it's not so much that it says anything about the receivers as much as it says a lot about what type of offense they're going to be utilizing. If they're spreading the ball around, it, it tells me that it's more of a, a schematic emphasis with an improved, an enhanced schematic emphasis as opposed to you know, we're going to get pound the ball to the W because that's what our offense does. Or we're going to pound the ball to the tight end. It's more about taking what the offense gives you. And I think that's something that this offense needs is, is a little bit more balanced, spreading the ball around. And it also means that you know, a lot of guys are playing and, and getting their opportunities. Yeah, no question. I, What's I, your third one? I agree. I like that one, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I put offensive line. And it's a very broad and, and you know, generalistic, I guess, uh, thing to write down. But there's a lot of questions about the offensive line. And I want to see if anybody's going to kind of take hold of a position, if anybody's going to, you know, impress me with, in a spot that I haven't seen them in, right? And that, that's pretty much across the board, right? So uh, I, I just put O-line because I'm going to be watching – what they're doing the entire time, you know? Um, and that's the best thing about watching since I get to watch it after the fact, I can go back and I can watch the skill right. guys and then I can go back and I can watch the offensive line. So uh, offensive line is going to be on the top of my list uh, to keep an eye on. For me, I want to see how they use their personnel packages. How much diversity do we see from 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 20 personnel, 21 personnel, does Notre Dame take the stance that, hey, we did certain things in practice, but we're not going to show those in games? Sure. Or do they just say, hey, we're going to give you a, hey, Florida State, good luck spending all summer trying to figure out what we're going to line up in. So, uh, you know, if I had to predict, I would predict that they are going to 
be a little bit more conservative with those personnel packages, but I'm still going to be looking for it to see if, if we do it. I don't think if we don't see it in the spring game that it doesn't mean, okay, well, they didn't use two running backs together. That means they're not going to do it. I don't think it necessarily means that. I don't think so either. We, we also know how, how Brian Kelly is. He doesn't like to show some of that stuff. And I think that's partly why we're getting the zoomed in. You sure, know, exactly. Practice. That, that, that so, I think, was a directive from the head coach. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely think that. Yes. So we may not see it, but I, it, I will be looking for it just to see if it happens. I'm not going to sure. criticize them if we don't see it. Because Absolutely. Of what we just said, but I, I wouldn't mind, you know, if we did see it. So that those, those are sort of the big picture things. Was there anything else that was kind of like almost made your list that you felt was well? The tempo good? one was, yeah. The tempo one was the one that almost made my list because I was like, well, I'd love to see it because I think that could be a real benefit to this offense. But I didn't know if they wanted to show it, so mm-hmm. uh, that's why I kept it off the list. But that is one of the things I'll be looking for too. So let's get into specific players, Vince. All right. Who are the three players? And we'll start with your number one. The players that you're okay. on offense that you're most looking forward to seeing. And it can be because we haven't seen anyone. It can be a veteran who you want to see if his game is taken I've to another level. There's yeah, all I've kinds got of both things. So let's kick off with your number one, Vince. Well, I went with the softball for number one, and that's Jack Cohn. I mean, I, I want to see him with the offense. I want to see him in a gold helmet. You know, I, I've watched him at Wisconsin. Um, you know, I've seen him in the three-minute clips, but I, I want to see him in control of this Notre Dame offense, and I want to see him with his teammates, and I want to see – I'd love to see them, you know, unleash it a little bit, let him, you know – kind of goes back to your spreading the ball around, right? I want to see him, uh, you know, get the ball to the outside. I want to see him stretch the field a little bit. Um, I want to see him make every throw. So, like I said, it, it's kind of a softball one, but I want to see Jack Cohn. I went with Jack Cohn, Andrew Pine. I kind of cheated and put That's him in. That's fair. I've got Drew one. Pine later. so Yeah, because I just felt like, to me, I, I've said all along, I'm actually pretty confident at quarterback, and I, and I don't really care who starts. I, I'm not in the, the whole Team Cohn, Team Pine, Team sure. Buckner discussion. I th- Look, they got really good quarterbacks. I and agree. Whoever wins the job wins the job. As long as they start the guy that genuinely won the job, not a guy who's the veteran or the returner or whatever other – criteria that could go into the conversation other than who's the best guy to to lead this team to hopefully a championship opportunity this year then I don't care I'm I'm confident in all those guys but now it's kind of put up or shut up time right like I'm confident in them but now we need to see them play well and it goes back to what you talked about in your your big picture thing is how do they control the offense how do they manage the offense how do they react after mistakes especially fine because I think with Cone we've seen him in those We've sure, seen he's been in big State twice. Situation, we, sure, we saw him win a top a, a, a road game against a top ten team. Something we haven't seen Notre Dame do in, in quite a long time. Yeah, uh, we saw him in the in the Big Ten championship game. We saw him in the Rose Bowl. We we kind of know how he's going to handle the moments. With him, it's more about how does he how does he adjust to his teammates? How yeah. how quickly has he kind of gotten on the same page? Does he does he work through the offense quickly? Does he process things you know efficiently? I don't care so much about his accuracy or. Or you know the things that I've seen on film already from him. It's more about yeah. how's he fitting in with the offense. And then with Drew Pine, it's more about I want to see Drew let it rip, right? And and I talked about this on the radio show last night, Vince. With Drew Pine, it's I know he's accurate. I know he's got a quick release. I know he can run the offense. I want to see him get out there and be aggressive. I want to see him get out there and say, hey, you know, for all you people that think I'm too small or don't have a good enough arm, watch me bang this post route on the second yeah, play. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Let watch me hit this back shoulder. Watch me fit this ball over the middle. I want to see him come out and 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 sort of say, "Hey, I'm the redshirt freshman. He's the guy that's got ten wins under his belt. He's the guy sure. that's played in the Rose Bowl. He's the guy that's led the team to, to a Big Ten championship. He's the guy that most people are assuming is going to be starting job. 
So what do I have to lose? Right? Yeah, he, that's exactly here, let him live, have some fun and be aggressive. That's what I, I want to be from Drew Pine in this game. I agree. He should be playing loose and just going out there and just having at it because he's got literally nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I love that. Who's your number two guy? I had Tosh Baker. Um, I, you know, he seems to be, um, how do I want to say? He's not getting the headlines because of the other two freshmen, right? right? I mean, he's a redshirt freshman, so he's a sophomore technically. Um, but he's kind of getting lost in the shuffle, but he's out there an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe at right tackle. So I want to see what he brings to the table because right. he has an opportunity still, obviously, to start. Uh, I don't know if they're, I don't know what their plan is, obviously, with the offensive line. If they're just, you know, they're going to stick Jared Patterson on the right side and Tosh Baker is just a placeholder, mm-hmm. you know, right now. We don't know. Um, and I hope that's not the case, but I want to, I want to see him go out there and just turn some heads and remind the coaching staff how good he is and, and how don't good forget he about can me be. just yet. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So, so right now, from what I'm told, the projected offensive line is going to be Blake Fisher at left tackle, Rocco Spindler at left guard, Zeke Carell at center, Jarrett Patterson at right guard and Josh Lugger right tackle. Wow. Yeah. That's what I, I'm told they're going to they're going to start fall camp off with. Now, here's fan, the thing though. That's okay. A guy like Tosh Baker, guys like Andrew Kristoffic, uh, those are guys that this spring opportunity could be that thing that you know sends them into the offseason saying, "Hey, okay, here's what I got to work on. Here's what I struggle with." Sure. And then they take it. it just because that's how the spring ends with what their sure. plans are doesn't mean that guys aren't going to get opportunities when we get into fall camp. So there's obviously some talent in that group, but there's also some experiential concerns. Uh, with that, my number two, Vince, is Lawrence Keys the third. Ooh, nice. I'm really excited to see what Lawrence Keys can do because I think that if they make the schematic changes that you and I are talking about, that you and I are hoping that they make, right. he's going to be one of the biggest beneficiaries because he's a little bit of a unique player in that he is athletic enough to do things after the catch. But what often gets lost about Lawrence is he's a really good route runner. Like he's a really sharp, precise route runner that can make plays down the field as well. And honestly, when we've seen him in the spring making plays, it's been down the field. Sure. He's a guy that to me was one of the guys that I didn't think got the opportunity he should have last year. He fumbled at those those punts and then he kind of just got put in the back of the yeah. line. Yep. I, I didn't like that decision. And and I love the fact that instead of saying uh, I'm in my feelings and you screwed me over, which he would have right. been justified in saying, I'm going to transfer somewhere sure. else and play easily transferred. Sure. He said, okay, you want to, you want to, all right, here, let me show you what I got. Let me, yeah. you know, he came in hungry this spring and that tells me a lot about Lawrence as a player, but even beyond that, he's talented. He really is. He's one of the guys I look at and say, you want to question the talent at receiver, go back and watch what Lawrence did at the beginning of 2019 when he got an opportunity. Did he look, scared of the moment. Was he worried about the Georgia secondary when he was making plays against Georgia when they got the opportunities, when he did it against Louisville on the road, those type of things. This kid can play, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he performs in this blue roll game. Okay. I like it. What's your three? Well, I went went with a a veteran here as well. I went with Kyron Williams. Um, And the the reason being is because we've heard a lot about – how they're going to move him around and they're going to, you know, utilize his ability out of the backfield, uh, you know, line him up as a slot receiver, all these different things. I want to see how much they're going to, you know, show that uh, mm-hmm. in this game. I, I'm, I'm going to be keeping my eye out on where 23 is going to be because he could be a difference maker in this offense because 
He's one of those guys. He's got the talent. He's got the skill set to where a defensive coordinator is going to need to know where 23 is at all times Mm -hmm. because it changes the dynamic of the offense, and you're going to have to know where he's at because if he is lining up as a slot receiver, that means probably number 25 is in the backfield. There's a lot of speed back there, right? Yeah. Um, And you're going to have to keep an eye on what Kyron Williams can do catching the ball. You don't want Mm -hmm. a linebacker lined up over him. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. just – all the I different pray things. the teams decide to put linebackers and covers. Absolutely, on no, absolutely. Like, so that, oh, that's please put a linebacker against Kyron Williams. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. Reese has to be saying like, "Oh God, please let this defensive coordinator put a linebacker on Kyron." Right. I, I have Kyron as my number three, Vince, for a different for for this those reasons plus a different. Okay. Reason. Kyron's a very confident kid. I want to find out if his experience and confidence is going to result in him trying to do more. Yeah. Or is it going to result in him becoming a more efficient player? That's something I'm very curious about. And I hope it's okay. the second one. We've got a quick question here from John. John, thank you so much for the super, super chat. But here's John's question, and I think this is kind of relevant to what we were just talking about. Sure, absolutely. And we also we also heard a, a question from Joe who uh, Stukenborg, who's a, a new listener. But do you still feel Notre Dame will field a top 10 to 15 offensive line this fall? Is 2020, in 2021 is the defensive line now the strength of the football team? We'll hit on that second part later, John. But the first part, Vince, is interesting because the answer is twofold. Number one, should they? Yes. Will they? I, I'm concerned. And, sure. and and when I talk about the concern about Blake Fisher and Rocco Spindler, it is not about them as talent, talented players. Correct. They are I had Blake Fisher as the number one recruit in the class, right? I had him as a borderline five star player. I had Rocco Spindler as a top hundred recruit with a five star upside. I'm not at all concerned about their talent. It's just you have two freshmen starting, which I could live with if they weren't side-by-side. And then not only that, side-by-side on the backside of your entirely right-hand quarterback group. Yes, Those are sort of my concerns. And that that is the the biggest, to me, the biggest question mark about this football team is is that. Now, maybe they're going to outperform us. Sure. And, and, you know – yeah, maybe maybe they'll outperform us. I think you saw that 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 most recent one. Yes, maybe they'll outperform the expectations of what you normally see from a freshman. But offensive line is not a position where we often see freshmen, especially multiple freshmen coming in and playing on an elite offensive line. Well, and the concerning thing for me is and again, it's nothing against the two guys that they've got yeah. slated in there. It worries me about the guys that are now on the depth chart behind them. Like right. That, that they allowed or that they, you know, weren't as good as or however or you want to phrase it as much. Yeah. However you want to phrase it, that those guys were able to leapfrog the guys that were already there. That worries me. That mm-hmm. does, because all those guys that they leapfrog were all highly touted guys right. coming in. And so because can we be honest about something, Vince? When freshmen start this early, it's not about coaching. It's right. about them being really talented. Yes. Right. It says more about the coaching that your other veteran players exactly. can get Yes, help. thank you. That's what I, that's, that's my concern. I, I'm now, my you. hope is, is that by the end of the game, we're like, no, they're just that good. Right. <laughs> right. And, and that could be it. Sure. I, I especially think that's true of Blake Fisher. I mean, that's the thing is, I, we've been saying this since the beginning. He's of a grown like, man. He's and, a grown and man and coming in. Former I, NFL, former Notre Dame players that are now in the NFL or on the way to the NFL are coming back, watching practice, and coming and saying, boy, that kid's special. Sure. When that's happening, you're like, okay, yeah, there's something different about this kid. So it's it's not it's just the two of them. 
right. both of them playing inside. And both on side. the left side. That's what I oh I, I would yeah. spread them out. I really yeah. would. I would spread them so out. This is gonna lead into our next question, Vince, <sighs> and that is the position battles that we're most intrigued by. Yes. Uh going into the spring. So when you look at when you look at the the this game, we're talking specifically about the game. What are the positions you're gonna be looking at and watching from a okay, how is this gonna impact the 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 depth chart moving forward. I think we just kind of talked about one. We did. And and I'll, I'll skip that one just because I did have that on my list. Yeah. And it was line. my number one as well. Yeah, yeah, I had that on my list. But in in order for us to talk about something different, uh, I do have the wide receiver rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see how deep they're going to go. And I realize they're going to have team, you know, they're going to be split up. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want guys running with the ones, I want to see about six receivers with that right. one group. You know what I mean? Right. That. And and I'm not worried about who's starting, and I think you had mentioned that earlier. I'm not worried about that. I want to see those guys getting opportunities. I want to see sub packages. I want to see uh, the depth of the wide receiver position, and I want those guys to get touches, right? right. So um, that is the position battle offensively that I'm going to be keeping an eye. Of course, I'm going to be watching for my boy George Takis. But, uh, <laughs> That's I, my number three. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to see the depth at the wide yeah. receiver position and how they're using it. I'm more concerned specifically about receiver for for me is just the more the boundary position. Okay. And and number one, who's lining up there? Is it gonna be like it's been in the past where like, okay, if you're the boundary, you're the boundary and they're not gonna move guys around. That's kind of back to my big picture things I'm looking for. Sure. But is sure. there gonna be a boundary receiver this year? Who is it gonna be? Is Joe Wilkins gonna step up and make plays? Sure. And he to, to me seems like more of a complimentary player as opposed I to the agree. guy at W. But uh, a guy that you time. Right. Is Xavier Watts still going to be playing boundary? Are they going to be giving him an opportunity to go make plays? Uh, Who else lines up in that spot? Because right now, Kevin Austin is out. He's in that spot. Is Jordan Johnson going to be playing some boundary? Is he going to be more of a field guy? So those are the things that I look for when it comes to position battles. Because, like, look, Avery Davis is going to start in the slot. Brayden Lindsay is going to play at the X. Lawrence Keyes is going to get in some action. I think they'll have a little bit of interchangeableness there, but sure. how is it going to look on the backside? Yep. That, that's yep. the one for me. Because if like there's, if the backside guy is not a playmaker, then I'm concerned. And here's the deal. You can't just assume Kevin Austin is going to be that guy when he gets back. Because, A, he's never proven he can stay healthy, and, and yeah. I hope he does. I, I, Absolutely. If Kevin Austin comes out and balls out this year, that's great for Notre Dame. I and mean, he's talented. Absolutely. But – you can't assume that, okay, well, we don't have to worry about developing another guy there because we have Kevin Austin coming back. You can't do that. That would be foolish, and I don't think the staff is that foolish. I don't think they would make that mistake. So it is important that somebody steps up because if Kevin Austin comes back and he's healthy and he goes for 100 yards against Florida State and 100 yards against Toledo, it's not guaranteed he's going to be out there for Purdue. Yeah, Just, right. Especially with the type of injury that he has. That's, that foot injury is really, really he's broken it couple different times so that concerns the heck out that's the concerning part absolutely So that's why boundary receivers have to step up who's going to be that guy or two guys hopefully it steps up and says hey kevin's coming back in the fall but he's gonna have to earn this spot that's something i'm looking for and what's your number we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For three position bins. Uh, I, it, you just had position battles, so I just picked two. Those are the two that I'm really mm-hmm. keeping an eye on. I, if I have to add a three, it would be backup tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. just because that's my third. Yeah. Just because I'm the president of the George tech is backup tight. End and it's a big club. part. I mean, look, there's no sure. team in the country where that position is more important. Absolutely. Than Notre Dame. Cause they go two and three. I mean, that that's, they'll run with two tight ends for an entire series. So that second tight end is almost your 12th starter. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is going to be a very important position for them to lock down and figure out how they're going to operate and who's going to be in that number two slot. So if I was going to pick a third, that would absolutely be it. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Let's move to the freshman, Vince. Okay. I'm going to cheat. I'm also, we're going to go three freshmen they're going to watch, but I'm going to put two of these guys together. Because in my defense, in this cheating, we always say that offensive line is kind of one. Okay. Okay. All right. And all since right. we're playing side by side, I'm kind of looking at Rocco Spindler and Blake Fisher as one. Well, I had. I'm hoping that that down, emotion so. that you just had that I had on the inside, and I think a lot of people are having. I don't. I don't. I do hope inside. that that's completely gone by the end of the game. I agree. Just because of I'm looking to say, okay, are these guys just that good? Right. 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 And, sure. and you know, when you look at Blake as an elite talent, Rocco has a father that played in the NFL. There, sure. There's a case say, well, maybe he's just more advanced than what you're used to. He's got maybe. that wrestling background. He was a really good high school wrestler. Though There's a lot. That, and, and he's a pretty athletic kid that played sure. guard and tackle in high school. So it could be that they're just that good. And I'm hoping when I, I watch that. them that by the end of the spring, we're like, yeah, those guys are just that good. That's why they're starting on the offensive line. Well, and here, here's my issue, and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole here. Um, if they are that good, that's that's awesome. Right. I still worry about them being together just because of it, big game situations, communication, you know, mm-hmm. all those different things. I w- even if they're the best lineman I've ever seen, I would still split them up and I would put mm-hmm. them next to a veteran. I, I just mm-hmm. would. And and right. that's that's what concerns me. And again. They might have the best blue goal game on the planet. They may come out just awesome. And then by the time they get to the big games, which, to be honest with you, I don't see a big game coming for quite a while on the schedule, they'll be ready to do that. And then maybe that is the case. I would personally, as a coach, I would feel more comfortable having a veteran by each one of those guys. That's me. State's not going to be that good this year, but that's still Florida State on the road. And they can still do a lot of line games, and they're athletic as heck up front, and that could be dangerous. Because I watched their blue-gold game, and that was the one good thing about their – the rest of their defense is mm, not good. Yeah. 
Their defensive line, they have a, a an outside a defensive end that transferred in from Georgia that's a really athletic kid sure. that dominated in the blue gold game. But well, I, got you. I think there could be some you know, look that I'm also curious to find out if this is not so much about this is where they want to play the freshman long term, but more so let, let's just put these two kids side by side and, and see how they react. See what happens, you sure. know, and, and force them to have to get better at communicating. And then eventually when Jarrett Patterson comes back, we're gonna move one to right guard and you know, put Jarrett there or whatever the case may be. And then maybe put Jarrett at left tackle and you move uh, Josh Lug to guard and you put Blake Fisher at right tackle when you get to the fall. There's a lot of things that could happen. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. and it could be just a situation where they're just like, look, we think these kids could be special. And right. in their defense, they could look at it and say, yeah, we think they're going to struggle a little bit in September. But we think by the end of the year, these kids are just so good that by the end of the year, they're going to be they're, they're going to be our best players. So we have to force the issue with them early. Right. What's a what's a good way to force the issue? Put them on the left side, sure, side by side, that. and say sink or swim, kids. I, I'm very interested to see what our conversation is like on September 2nd, which would be the yep. Wednesday before the first game of the season. Right. I be, well, in that neighborhood, uh, there, it would be three days before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm interested to see what our conversation is if we've had an opportunity to see some fall practice. Right. Um, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, I obviously had both of those guys. They took up two of my slots because I didn't cheat. I'm a man of integrity. Uh, I'm a teacher. But uh, they they occupied spots one and two for me. So uh, they were definitely one. on my list. That's not going to go away, Vince. <laughs> you think what I did to you before the last show was was bad. Wait till, <laughs> wait till you get payback on that one. You, you are very good at getting me, by yes. the way. I'm so gullible. Yeah. Um, but my third one. I'm also one, a good liar, which is not good. That, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, Lorenzo Styles is my number two. Okay. Since okay. I did cheat because I can. Um, Lorenzo Styles is my number two. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. We, you know, we heard a lot about him in sort of the the early portions of the winter, and but we haven't seen much from him in the clips, and you know, so it's it's not saying good or bad. He just we haven't seen much of him. Does he does he step up, and make some plays? Is he a guy that you know could prove maybe if he's like, hey, look, we like him at receiver. But he's sure. our fifth or sixth guy. But you know, let's give him a chance to return some punts or something like that. I'm really looking forward to seeing what. Which I'd be um, cool with. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yep. So he's one for me, mm-hmm. and, and sure. then my third is Kane Barong. I'm looking forward oh, to seeing what he can do. I think, and this ties into our earlier conversation about position battles. I think Kane Barong is going to have an opportunity to force his way onto the field next year, whether it's as the number two or the number three. Sure. I'm really curious to see what he's going to do. What was your third, Vince? Uh, again, I went with the softball here. I went with Tyler Buckner. Um, I, you know, we've seen the clips. I, I've seen the highlights. Um, he hasn't played football in a really long time, and I, I don't necessarily like this analogy, but uh, this will be the first opportunity he has to see the live bullets with with mm-hmm. fans in the stands and things of that nature. Um, I want to see how he handles himself. I'm not looking for him to be the starter. That, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. I just want to see – because he'll be out there probably with the twos, you know, most likely. Um, I want to see how he handles himself. You know, I want to see. Now, I wanted to see Phil Dracovic in a blue gold game at Unleashed, but with a, with the with the sack rules and stuff, we're probably not going to see Tyler Buckner's athletic That's ability. My issue, and that is disappointing, obviously. Uh, but I want to see him throw the ball. You know, I want to see. I, I'm hoping they let him chuck it deep a little bit. I want to see. I just want to see him. I want to see him play. I want to period. see all the reactions about how Notre Dame needs to pull a scholarship uh, after he doesn't go 17 of 20 for 295 yards, right. Right. which just seems to be the expectation with young quarterbacks. If he doesn't blow it up in his first ever spring game, he can't play. 
uh, and he was a bust, and they should never have offered him a scholarship to begin with because that's inevitably right. going to happen if he doesn't dominate. And then if he does dominate, then it's, ooh, Tyler Buckner should be the starting quarterback. So right. that's why I'm not looking forward to Tyler Buckner this spring. I think practically speaking as a coach, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for all the reasons that you just said. But I just know that no matter what he does, the fact is it's going to it's gonna be an overreaction in one way or the other. Agreed. To how he Agreed. performs. Either he doesn't perform well and he's overrated in the bust. If he performs very well, oh, he should be starting a quarterback. And to answer Connor's question, no, it will not. <laughs> it's right. a blue-gold game. I hate to break it to you. It's still football, though, Brian. Yes. And we are deprived of, of, of Division One college football right now. Mm-hmm. I will take what I can get. Um, and Connor's still in my Hall of Fame for comments, so I had to throw yeah. that up there. Yeah. Um, so good stuff, my friend. Uh, yes. So those those are the three that I had. Mm-hmm. I had the two three ideal takeaways. Vince, what do you hope that we're talking, we're talking about, about right? when we when we come out of the spring? So game? the first one would be the 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 offensive philosophy, and and it, you know not to beat a dead horse, but you and I have talked about this ad nauseum and what we want to see, and we think we have been seeing it. And I think we're going to get a good idea where this offense is at with the philosophy. Now, there's still going to be kinks to iron out. There's still going to be – and, they're, of course, they're not going to show their whole hand and things like that. But I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of the corner that has been turned with this offense and what they want to do often. I think we're going to have a good idea uh, what that is, and I hope that is the first thing that we are talking about when we fire this up, this up again on Monday. I have the same one. So yeah. for the same reason, I mean, I don't think we're going to see all of it or even half of what they're going to do, not. but, but I, I think we're going to see enough to say it's going to kind of like whet the appetite, you know what I mean? Yes. Just like, just give me a little taste, right. Yes, you know, keep me just happy show for me the next that. few months, right? Give me my little fix of, okay, <laughs> right. R- you ran seven RPOs. Okay. Thanks coach. I appreciate cat it. I can, yeah. I can survive uh, the next few months. So yeah, uh, I have the same one. What's your number two, Vince? My number two was some some stability on the offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, whether that's the freshmen playing out of their minds and playing really well and, and basically telling me to calm down uh, or, you know, whether it's Zeke Carell at center or whatever the case may be, I want to see some stability. I want to see some guys, you know, take control because they're the ones that are getting hammered on all these three-minute mm-hmm. clips by uh, our counterparts at other places because, you know, there's still guys that haven't, in my opinion, haven't even practiced sufficiently at the position that they should be competing at, right? So I am not as worried about it, but I want to see some guys take control. Right. I want so to see that, them battle. That's where I'm at. Yeah. That's me. I, I, I don't expect them to ball. I think if they ball out, that makes me concerned about the defensive line. For me, it's more about I just want to see them compete. I want to see them battle. I want to see them get after it. Uh, and, and just it, it's kind of like how I felt about the defensive line in 2017. I remember you and I talked at the time, and and it was just like people were like, man, I'm really worried about this defensive line. And I'm like, I'm not. Do you see who they're going against every day? Like yeah, exactly. They're never going to face an offensive line that good the entire season. Right. And they didn't. And I think that's going to be the did. case here, just yes. the opposite, right? right? I mean, this defensive line is going to be fantastic. I don't think people realize how good this defensive line is going to be, right. especially up the middle. Well, and so and with, with the linebacking core that's there filling and doing the things that they're going to be doing, yeah, I think it I mean, just makes dude, it even Vin, better. Vince, from the beginning of spring, we're seeing cornerbacks making plays right. off the – I mean, right. Marcus Freeman has not said, hey, let's give him eight practices to get comfortable before we start throwing the kitchen sink at him. He said, nope. hey, we're, we're not worried Here's about the you. fire hose. We're worried about, about us. 
Like, right. let's go. You know, it's like, ain't our fault that you guys are four new starters. We're yeah. going to get after it. I love that. And, and I like that. They've, they've thrown a lot at them. And I want to see these guys finish the spring off in, in, a, in a good fashion. So you and I have the same number two, and number one and number two. What's your three? My third one, I put, I actually wrote down Drew Pine with a question mark. And, mm-hmm. and the reason being, I love Drew Pine, okay? Um, we've seen what he can do kind of in practice and things of that nature, right, when he was the third string. So, I mean, Selman drills and things like that. I want to see, you know, is he going to be a legit contender for the starting spot going into the fall? And if not, is he that solid number two? Like that guy that, okay, if something happens to Jack Cohn, Am I comfortable with Drew Pine stepping in in the middle of the game in the third quarter or whatever? Am I comfortable with him getting a start or two? You know, is he going to be that solid number two guy that I've got no worries about? Because, look, last year uh, I was worried about if something happened to Ian Book. Yes. As much as I – Especially as much as he ran around. It was just like, oh, my God. Absolutely. There was not that solid number. Look, would Drew Pine have been okay? Probably. But I didn't have that confidence. I just didn't. And so see, I'm hoping the offense was conservative enough where they probably yeah. still could have won most of the time. You're right. Games. But you see what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I, I 100% get what you're saying. Yeah, that's where I'm at. My third was the playmakers. One of the things that we have adv- we have said on this show for months is that Notre Dame has a lot more talent at wide receiver than, than people think and at yeah. running back and tight end. Absolutely. Well, this is an opportunity for them to show that. For and sure. if they're out there dropping nine balls and getting blanketed yeah. by the young corners, I'm like, well, scratch that uh so that's that's what i'm hoping to take away is man this group has a lot of talent this group yeah yeah, these guys actually can play and there's a system in place to that's going to play to their skills so it ties into sort of the first one but the scheme can only take you so far correct you know know, i've always said that that it's not about the x's and o's it's the jimmies and joes and i've always said how i hate that expression it's got to be both if you want to compete for a title I get that. And, and so you talked about the X's and O's. Now I want to see the Jimmys and Joes step up and, and perform and, and say, yeah, okay, coach. I don't know. Yeah, I know you're a running team, but um, you need to get me the ball. You need right. to get me the ball more. Right. Uh, and and that's something I want to see. I, I think this yeah. offense is going to be fun to watch. Even in a blue-gold setting, um, I, I think that it, it's going to be – I think it's going to get some people excited about what this offense mm-hmm. can potentially be. Right. I think mm-hmm. it's going to lay the groundwork. It's going to lay the foundation. It's going to plant that seed. Any other cliche that you can come up with. Um, I, that's what I think we're going to see. And that's what I hope to see. And I hope that's what we're talking about on Monday.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.